بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا الا ما علمتنا اما بعد اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا ما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل ابداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير امين رب العالمين So we have, uh, first of all, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that, uh, that He allows us uh, all to be accepted for, uh, in, in our coming, in our effort here this morning, and the effort we all made to be here. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward you all from, from the, uh, the places you've traveled with, uh, traveled from to come to attend Fajr Salah and the Khatira and the Dars rather. And may He make these steps you've taken to His house a means of uh, your forgiveness, a means of your uh, being accepted in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And all those who are listening from whichever part of the world they may be in, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept their sacrifice, also taking out time during their day um, uh, to, uh, to participate in this dars. And whatever is on our mind and whatever difficulties we are going through, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this dars may he be a means of answering questions that we are going through and uh, removing doubts that we may have and inshallah removing any misunderstandings about the deen uh, that we may have. And we hope we leave this gathering in a state that we are much more rejuvenated than uh, we had entered this gathering in, inshallah. So remember, we are covering a hadith for the past uh, few weeks about Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, where, he, where the Prophet sallallahu said, who is going to uh, take from me five attributes and qualities and practice on it, or teach someone who shall practice on it. And, and then I said, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said, I will. And uh, he said, what are those? You know, he asked him, he said, فَأَخَذَ بِيَدِي The Prophet ﷺ grabbed my hand and uh, he counted them. And he said, stay away from uh, forbidden things. You will be the greatest worshiper. Be pleased with whatever Allah has distributed for you and allotted for you. You will be the wealthiest of people. Be kind to your neighbor. You will be a true believer. Uh, and number four, Love for the people what you love for yourself, you will be a true believer, to a true Muslim. Uh, and do not laugh excessively, for indeed excessive laughter kills the heart. So today, inshallah, we will be reading the, uh, going through the uh, fourth one, which is, Love for the people what you love for yourself, and you will be uh, a believer. And be a person of faith, a person who is following the deen. Okay, so um, in this hadith, this aspect here, I think this is a very beautiful uh, topic today, as has been, alhamdulillah, the past few weeks, just going through this hadith. Uh, we learn from here that uh, it is a right of a believer in our deen, a right of a believer, that he tries his best to, uh, to not only strive for the goodness and, and happiness of his fellow Muslim, but also to defend his honor, defend his wealth, defend his land, defend his name, defend everything. And a believer is someone who actually is so close to his fellow believer, no matter their ethnicity, no matter their color, no matter their socioeconomic status, no matter what part of the world they're in. But is so close to them that anything that they go through, he feels the pain. This is very deep for a person to be so close to someone that you actually go through the the pain of uh, uh, that someone say uh, who, is very, who is their own blood brother may not go through that pain because they don't share the common faith uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu his love for Rasulullah is such there are so many different narrations about that but um, like for example the Prophet says that no one's wealth has assisted me no one's wealth has assisted me in my deen in my, you know, his efforts in the deeny efforts the way Abu Bakr's wealth has benefited me and Allah I have uh, I have awarded everyone for their sacrifice and their kindness towards me I have rewarded all of them except for Abu Bakr only Allah will be able to do that so you have these statements by the Prophet ﷺ regarding Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu. But then, on the, uh, on the other side, let's look at Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu's love for the Prophet ﷺ, is that in the night of Hijrah, uh, on, the, on the journey of Hijrah rather, 
when there were there was a lot of hunger, a lot of thirst, eventually they came across an old lady who had a, who had her uh, goat who had very old and did not have any milk in his udders, and through uh, the miraculous. Uh, nature of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his blessed hands, Allah azza wa jal, you know, miraculously brought milk to this animal. By which afterwards the the milk the uh, milk the goat and they uh, drank from it. So when the bowl was filled up with milk, Abu Bakr Siddiq radhiyallahu anhu gave to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the bowl, and he began to drink. And this is the narration that Abu, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu himself narrates and he says, فَشَرِبَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ حَتَّى He said the Prophet وسلم, drank and drank and drank and drank until I was filled. Right? Until I was filled. And he meaning he, Nabi وسلم's drinking and quenching his thirst and, and getting, removing his hunger and filling his belly with milk was something, the beauty of it, the coolness of that, I was feeling in my own body. He doesn't say, usually we say someone drank to his stomach full. But he didn't say his stomach full. He said my stomach full. Right? He said to, to the most extent that I wanted. This is what you call muhabba. This is what you call love. That when a person is enjoying or a person is going through something good, uh, that you actually, feel the, you actually feel it in your own body. So the companions were like this with the Prophet ﷺ. And this is how a person is supposed to be with um, a person is supposed to be with each other as well Along with the Prophet ﷺ, That a person is supposed to feel uh, this, the, the enjoyment of one another Is supposed to be happy for, uh, with one another And is supposed to also be sad When they go through things oh, wow. This is a lost trait And this is why it's so important to speak about this topic Because um, if we have 1.8 billion Muslims If we even had 1 billion of them Or 800,000, 800 million thinking in this manner, the world would be a very different place. The world would be a very different place if believers had this type of love for one another the way we are supposed to uh, have. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَأَصْلِحُوا ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ وَاتِعُوا اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and rectify your affairs amongst yourselves. Rectify it. Take care of the affairs amongst yourselves. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, is... Um, uh, you know, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger if you are believers. So, with three things have been mentioned in this verse. Fattakullah, fear Allah. Number two, uh, take care of your affairs amongst yourselves. And then number three, obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Prophet if you are uh, believers. In another place in Surah Hujrat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That indeed the believers are brothers. Very general ayah, but very comprehensive. It's a foundational verse of the Quran. Brothers, indeed, Muslims are brothers. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tawbah, believing men and women are they're going to be caretakers for one another. They're going to be well wishers for one another. How are they caretakers? How are they well wishers? How are they friends of one another? They command each other to do good. They prohibit each other from doing evil. Establish prayer. They give their alms. And they obey Allah and His Rasul. So you notice here, this, in this ayah, Allah Azza wa speaks about the aspect of believing men and women being each other's wali, being each other's caretaker, being each other's friend, being each other's assistant. And how do you assist your Muslim brother? If you see something good, encourage them to do it. That's part of your friendship. That's part of your relationship. Prohibit each other from, from evil. Again, this is something that we're losing. That when we see your own, when we see our own Muslim brother or sister that uh, is falling behind in something, how often are we motivated to go encourage them? How often are we motivated to go and push them towards something beneficial, even though we ha- it has nothing to do with us? But it's our love for their akhirah that we want a beautiful akhirah and we want them to have a beautiful akhirah. So let me give them a nudge. If you see them falling into some sin, how often are we going to go out of our way to say, you know what? I've seen you, uh, you know, I've seen you falling behind in something. And although no one asked me, yes, it's not a, yeah, but uh, you are like a uh, brother to me, so you're falling behind on something, it hurts me. I want to see all of our, my Muslim brothers uh, you know, excelling in deen and in dunya. So that is part of our faith, very fundamental part of a faith, encouraging each other to do good, forbidding each other from evil. And that, where does it come from? 
doesn't come from uh, to thinking of ourselves as, as superior to others. It comes from the aspect of brotherhood. That brotherhood dictates that a person looks, looks out uh, for, for the benefit of, of, of his fellow uh, Muslim. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the complete opposite of the hypocrites. That the hypocrites, they are work together. Okay? They work together. <clears throat> they have one party. They are part of one party. But what are the party lines? Right? What are the um, you know, parameters of this party line of the hypocrites? Opposite, complete. They encourage each other to do what's wrong and they prohibit each other from doing what's right. Meaning if one of them wants to also change, they grab their hands and say, no, you can't. Don't do that. If someone is indulging in, in sin, they keep on pushing him. Come on. Or if he's not, get him involved in some sin. SubhanAllah, think about what happens today when you have gangs. Or you have political parties too. There are certain people who say, you know what, we have to stop making the, the country suffer. You know, just because you have this policy, you want all of us to follow this policy is actually very harmful for the citizens or for the, you know, of the, uh, of the area, uh, citizens of the area or citizens of the country. I'm going to uh, speak the truth. What will happen? As a whole block, they will attack that person, make sure he doesn't win the next election, right? Because why? This is not, doesn't go along with our agenda of يَأْمُرُونَ الْمُنْكَرُ وَيَنْهَوْنَ عَلْمَعْرُوفُ Prohibit goodness and encourage evil. Unfortunately, that happens across the globe. So this is uh, pacts that people make. But on the other hand, believers are supposed to have a pact where they are looking out for each other's deen as well as their dunya. Nu'man bin Bashir radiallahu anhu mentions in a very uh, famous hadith, powerful hadith, مَثَلُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي دَوَادُّهِمْ وَتَرَاحُمِهِمْ وَتَعَاطُفِهِمْ مِثْلُ الْجَسَدِ that the example of the believers in their love for one another and in their attachment with one another and in their mercy with one another is the example of a body that when a portion of the body is in pain, a portion of the body is in pain, the rest of the body cannot stay awake, it cannot fall asleep. The rest of the body stays awake with, with uh, fever. Uh, and sahar means to stay awake. So it's true, right? When then an infection happens, you have a finger, uh, a finger got jammed or got cut or something like that, and Allah forbid gets infected. What happens is a por- the infection is in, in a portion of the body. What an amazing example the Prophet gave. But the fever doesn't happen in that finger. The fever happens to the entire body, right? So there is a problem in one portion of the body. The entire body will get into action, right? In trying to help cure uh, uh, and, and, and that area of the body and uh, ward off um, the attacks that are happening on that portion of the body. So this is the way the body physically works. The Prophet ﷺ wants us to emotionally, spiritually, mentally also become like this. That when any portion of the ummah is going through difficulty, that the rest of the ummah uh, is, is awake and alert and staying, uh, staying awake in dua and feeling the pain. This is how it's supposed to be. Meaning now there shouldn't be a night and a day where we don't stay awake. I shouldn't stay awake making dua for the ummah. Because which day is there in which there is peace in the ummah? Everywhere, every day you look, there's so, much, so many problems. When we spoke about what was happening in, in India some t- weeks ago, here a few minutes after Isha, a brother who had just come from overseas, he said, you know what, you're, what you're saying is, is on point. Uh, the amount of oppression that the Muslims are going through is, is just uh, beyond description and, and it's true, etc. Um, people till today, every day, every day Muslim young, uh, especially young people, are, 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 are being targeted and, and, and are being killed, are being arrested uh, for no reason, are being tortured in jails and prisons, uh, houses being demolished, businesses being demolished, masajid being demolished, libraries are, are being burnt. A lot of this is happening. And, um, and uh, subhanAllah, the dhalim is, 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 is apparently becoming stronger. But the, the sad part, what he told me, was that, you know what, you're speaking about this out uh, thousands of miles away in, in, your, in this masjid, while the, where I'm coming from in India right now, there's no discussion about it. He says, you know, he was just saying, he said, Alhamdulillah, we come from such a wealthy background that my family overseas, my in-laws are paying for, for, getting, paying for my mortgage over here, getting, you know, buying out the whole house for me. 
He said, we come from a very wealthy background. And he said, there are so many Muslims like that. But he said, There's, there might be dua in the after salah once in a while or after Jummah for what's happening in their own country. But in the weddings and in the, the chit-chat at home and the, the, the dinner talk at home, there's no discussion. Everyone is just so ha- content with their, their lives, either worried about their next meal or just enjoying and relaxing and burning through money that they don't have time to think that if, if that fitna is not happening in my street, I'm safe. If it's not happening in my village, I'm safe. And subhanAllah, this is crazy, right? But the, uh, the apathy, everyone is in nafsi, 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 nafsi. Everyone's worried about just themselves. No one is, is thinking about what uh, is happening right next door. And, and may, may definitely, if you, didn't care about, if you don't care about each other, at least care about yourself. Why would you not think that this fitna is not going to come towards you? Divide and conquer. You go either slowly by slow, slowly but surely you get through each region of the country. So when this type of attitude of nafsi nafsi comes into us, where a person is only worried about himself, it's just a matter of time before everything will, you know, fall apart. May Allah subhanahu wa taala allow all of us to wake up and uh, allow all of us to get out of our uh, sleep of heedlessness. And uh, may He alert us and awaken us from our, our slumber. Uh, allow us to see what everything is going through, what people are going through across the globe. Although we may not be able to physically do much, but if we stay awake making dua for them, if a million people, 200, or a, a 10 million people, or 100 million people were to dedicate themselves to making dua and prayer, the world would definitely change. Because when you stay awake making dua, then you're going to also spend your money on it. You're going to also spend your time on it. Right? Naturally. Because when you're, you're invested in something. Dua is a sign of investment. Dua is a sign of investment. You're emotionally invested into something. When you're emotionally invested in something, then it becomes easy to sacrifice your time and your wealth for the betterment of that cause. Alright? So this is... What we, are, uh, what we learn in, from this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned another hadith related by Abu Huraira. Anhu. He said, لا تحاسدوا. Do not have jealousy for one another. Do not have hatred for each other. Do not turn your backs upon one another. Uh, and then he said, do not, uh, if someone already is in a transaction, do not outbid the other. Done. Transaction is done. I mean, the case here, if, if, someone is, if someone is selling something and you have an opportunity to bid on it, that's fine. You can outbid that person. But once the transaction is complete, then we should not go and tell a person to say, I'll give you extra. You've signed the contract. You're about to hand it over to say, no, I'll give you extra. That is not permissible. It is not, uh, in, the, in, the, it is not um, in the right interest of our community. And then become brothers for one another. Become, number one, servants of Allah and brothers for one another. What does it mean to be a brother for one another? What does it mean to be a true servant of Allah and brother for one another? He explains. He does not oppress him. A believer does not oppress another one. Does not forsake him. So if someone is expecting your assistance, don't let him down. Do not belie him. If he's saying something, don't say you're a liar. I mean, obviously, if he has a habit of lying and it seems through context he's not speaking the truth, then maybe you can question him. But generally speaking, a person should have this faith that our Muslim brother, inshallah, will, will not be lying. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, Do not look at him uh, with eyes of, uh, you know, of, of, uh, of uh, do, not, do not depreciate and look down upon uh, your brother. Why should we not look down upon our brother? Because. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, in Surah Hujrat, Don't make fun of one another, lest the one you're making fun of is actually better than you. You don't know. Usually people make fun of one another because they think they are superior to the other person. But here we realize we don't know who's superior to who. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that. So it is not appropriate, it's not accepting, it's not befitting that a person sits there and, and looks down upon his fellow Muslim brother or sister Interestingly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is this is one of the verses of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses men and women separately. Yes? Men and women separately. Oh believers, do not make fun of one another, believing men. Lest the believing men you're making fun of 
are superior to you. And O oh, believing women, do not make fun of each other. Lest the believing women may be, the, who you're making fun of, be better than you. So the ulama explain that women have been mentioned separately here. Even though wherever men are mentioned, women are understood to be part of that injunction. And one of the reasons to having women mentioned separately is because this unfortunate sin is very common amongst them as well. Specifically, there's been mention of looking down upon one another. It's a really common thing. You speak to sisters, they'll tell you. We have women at home. Ask them how common it is for women to mistreat one another, to look down upon one another, to speak ill about one another, just on the, the type of clothing they're wearing, or the type of scarf that they have, or, or, the, or the type of language they're using, etc. It's a very horrible problem. Bullying girls in high school, college, major issues we have amongst the girls. Uh, everywhere, everywhere you go, whether it's Islamic schools, public schools, madrasas, you name it, bullying is a big problem amongst amongst the amongst the girls as well. Uh, if if not a larger problem, at least an equal problem. So this has been mentioned in the Quran separately. That control your tongue, right? Be careful. Do not poke fun at one another, uh, thinking that you have a right to do so because the person you're poking fun of actually may be light years ahead of you in the day of, on the day of judgment. It'll become apparent. So the Prophet ﷺ, after spend explaining how we cannot oppress one another, we cannot forsake one another, we should not belie one another, we should not look down upon one another. Um, and then he said, Three times the Prophet ﷺ pointed towards his chest. And he said, Taqwa is over here. Um, <clears throat> why is that? Right? Why did Rasulullah is mentioning that? There could be many reasons. But one reason here is that a person, you don't know who you're dealing with. When you look down upon someone, when you speak ill about someone, when you oppress someone, you don't know who you're dealing with. That this person may be a man of taqwa or a, a lady of taqwa. And if you oppress them or if you speak ill to them or you make fun of them or you debase them, then you're messing with the muttaqi. And that's not good. Because you're thinking that this person is 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 got no uh, support, uh, no one to stand up for them. <clears throat> but uh, if they're muttaqi, inna Allah yuhabbul muttaqin. Right? Allah subhanahu wa taala is loves the people of taqwa. Allah azza wa jal is the caretaker. Allah subhanahu wa taala is the assistant of those who have taqwa. So it will what goes around comes around. If a person uh, oppresses someone, anyone. But on top of that, a person who's got taqwa, then what's going to happen? See, think about it like this. Uh, when a person is, is uh, having road rage, or a person should not, it should have control over their anger. Allah forbid someone has road rage, which is horrible. The after effects of all of that, we see that. Or someone picks a fight with someone on the street nowadays. What happens? You don't know who's carrying a gun. Right? And you don't know who's got concealed carry or anything else, and they'll just pull it out and shoot you. So it's not worth it. I remember in Africa where we studied, there would be people who would get killed uh, simply because they refused to. On the street, someone would say, hey, can you give me a lighter? I want to light up my cigarette. And I don't know, he was just maybe on his phone or whatever. He's like, yeah, no. Okay, shot him. Shoot him to death. Just like that. So that's how that country is and that's how unfortunately our city is becoming. And many parts of this country where you don't know who you're dealing with. Any, any small altercation, any small issue could just land, land a person into death, murder. Simple as that. So that's a horrible story, but I'm trying to say, I want you to compare it, that when you're dealing with someone, you don't know how much taqwa that person has. That's their concealed carry. And you're thinking, oh, I can push around this guy. But if he's got taqwa in his heart, that's going to come to bite us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance will be there. As the Prophet has said that Allah Azza wa Jal, He will war with someone. He'll go to war with someone who chooses to mess with his friend. Right? If Allah has his Allah has wali, Allah has a friend, and if someone tries to harm that friend, then you are actually going to instigate or, or you are rather going to elicit and bring about a response from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The way a person gets up and defends his beloved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be defending his, his beloved, this muttaqi individual. So, but you don't know, like I said, conceal carry, you don't know who's carrying, gotta be careful. Well, taqwa hahuna. Taqwa is here in the heart. You don't know. Taqwa is not apparent on the face. Many times. And you know, we have to understand these hadith brothers. Because 
for one thing, we should be careful of how we treat one another. We don't know who's ahead of who. And another thing is that um, just because someone looks like a muttaqi does not mean they have taqwa. Just because a person who has taqwa does not mean he actually has taqwa. Taqwa is in the heart. Yes, taqwa has manifestations outside. But sometimes you can have the manifestation without the taqwa inside. You just, you know, you grab a wig. Grab a wig, put on a beard, put on a turban, put on a thobe. It takes, how long does it take to make an out, to get an outfit like that? Right? And to put, throw, on, throw on that garb. Very little time. A minute, two minutes, you can do that. How long does it take to wear a jilbab and a hijab or, 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 or niqab or whatever else? This is what we usually think is the signs of taqwa, right? But uh, it, sometimes it's not. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is that many times people get burnt with people who are religious, look religious. People who apparently have taqwa. But uh, they have actually, they're what we call a wolf in a sheep's skin. And, and that happens every day, doesn't it? It happens. Let's be honest, let's talk about it. It happens. But if, uh, if that happens to you, that you get burnt by someone, you cannot allow that trauma to make you hate deen. You cannot allow that trauma to make you hate anyone who looks like the Prophet ﷺ. You cannot hate anyone who actually is following through the injunctions of deen. Because I see that happening a lot of times. Yesterday I had an opportunity to speak uh, at an inaugural Jummah at a nearby college here. And we had an hour session after Jummah on like, college life and, and, and dealing with, um, you know, uh, trying to deal with problems at campus and how to be, uh, be, remain successful. And the first thing I mentioned, they're like, how do we, uh, first thing I mentioned on how to remain strong in college is all the pitfalls that come when your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is weak. When, when our personal relationship with Allah is weak, then any small thing can push us over the bridge, can push us away from the deen. When someone says that, um, nowadays I hear this a lot, I, I, am, I am burnt from Islam. I'm done with it. I have been, uh, I have been uh, you know, um, I'm suffering trauma. But what happened? What trauma are you suffering? Because my, my father used to hit me when I was young. Or my mom used to, you know, be, be very harsh with me when I was young. My hips teacher was tough in the Masdarasa. Islamic school teacher wasn't the best. Fulan, Fulan. My heart goes out to you if you actually didn't deserve what you got. No problem. Okay. We all actually went through difficulties like that. But this aspect of taking what you went, you went through difficulty, this is nothing. Say something beyond that. Say you had a, a, a practicing Muslim uncle who abused me. A practicing Muslim uncle or aunt who was very harsh with me. Or who did something, who, who, who um, backstabbed my dad, backstabbed my mom. And we lost so much money. And so I'm done with Islam. This is something I hear all the time. All the time. Not only in this younger generation, you hear this in the adults as well. To say, I, I saw in Pakistan something happen. I hate all ulama. And I hate all scholars. And will never come to the masjid. And never pray salah behind a scholar. Because why? Some incident happened in Pakistan. And I read in the newspaper. Okay? So I'm suffering from trauma. From anyone who is, you know, religious. I read a book. Oh, not read a book. I read an article about a book. That came out recently. About why um, over 40 million people have left the church. Synagogues, mosques, masajid. In this past... Uh, four decades, forty over forty million, over forty million. America was very religious compared to Europe and other parts of the globe. This is a place where Christianity and religion had was front and center, everywhere, including in politics, in schools, everywhere. And now we are on a retreat. I mean, this is not surprising to me and to you. You hear me speaking about this all the time. And uh, but it was, it's a very detailed book that was written. The New York Times had an article about the book. Um, and where they, 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 this was the most expensive and exhaustive research into why um, churches are diminishing, church membership is, is diminishing, and people are, uh, more and more people are saying that they don't follow any specific religion and don't identify themselves as any, with any group, faith group, um, etc. We know what this is, but look what they're saying too. 
They say it's not that people, this is what the, the khulasa and the, the gist of that book and the gist of the article is, it's not that people have lost faith in God. It's that people have lost faith in the people who claim to be people of God. That was the gist of it. That the scandals of the church and the actions of people uh, of certain, uh, you know, uh, of, 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 of uh, Christians or Jewish people and I guess Muslim people has pushed people over the brink and they say we want nothing to do with them. That's there. Is they know, are they not scandals? Are there not scandals in masjids or in, in Islamic institutions? Yes, they are. There's everywhere. There's all kinds of bad apples everywhere. And it's not just, we are, we're dealing with nafs and shaitan. Come on, where are you sleeping? Nafs and shaitan are the biggest enemies. We, we've been told. And they're going to, they, we've been told to protect ourselves from that. But if your relationship with Allah is strong, you will be able to handle anything that comes your way. That's the thing. You'll be able to handle anything that comes away. You will not give up uh, on, uh, on Allah. You will not give up on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Such an important point to teach our kids. Tell them from beforehand, the, this world is a crazy place. You will, see, you will see very weird things happening. But you cannot allow those weird incidents to become a representation of Allah. Because they're not. No one is. Your Nabi was and that's it. And the, close, the companions who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, you heard today's Fajr Salah, radiallahu anhu wa radu'an, Allah is pleased with them and they are going to be pleased with what Allah is preparing for them. That's it. Besides that, you don't sit there and say, you don't, you don't idealize someone. Today we talk about, uh, many people say, I got burnt by a, a scholar. Or in, and there's online, there's a lot of, lot of articles I read. I don't even know who they're talking about. But say, so-and-so, there's a scandal happened over here. So-and-so, this, this scandal of money, this scandal of abuse, and uh, they use their power differential to get married, etc., etc. All those type of things are mentioned everywhere. Well, how do we interpret all those things? You look at that and you say, well, this is solid proof of what Allah and His Rasul have already warned us, that there's something called nafs and shaitan. This is it. You could be 85 years old, you could be 90 years old, you could be 60 years old, you could be teaching hadith for 40 years, you could be, you could be teaching tafsir for 40 years, you could be doing, you could have your great-grandfather alim and great-grandson an alim. It doesn't make a difference. Nafs and shaitan are not dead for anyone. There's one, inst- there's one uh, narration of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, right, the most uh, prolific narrator of hadith, and he's an old man now, and he's, he's a sahabi of course, and, and he's a great, 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 great sahabi. Every hadith, like half of the hadith I'm sharing with you are narrated by him. Subhanallah. And he's sitting there and he's asking Allah protection from the fitna of zina and fitna of women. And so his companions around him, his students, say, Ya, ya uh, yani, uh, Shaykh uh, Abu Huraira, why is it that at this, awa Is a man like you saying this? A man like you? Why would you at this age, at this status, with all of this, why would you be seeking refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from, uh, uh, from, from this fitna? And then he said an amazing answer that all of us should write down. Remember it. He said, "Wama you aminuni wa iblisu hayun." What can give me any sense of comfort while I know iblis is alive? Well, as long as I know iblis is alive, I have to be wary and I have to be worried that I could slip today. I didn't slip yesterday. Well, guess what? Today's today you can slip. If you if you go to sleep tonight without sleeping, wake up tomorrow thinking I might slip today. The fear is there. So as soon as you put your guard down and you think that nothing's going to happen, that's it. All hell breaks loose. This is such a powerful statement of Abu Hurairah anhu. No matter how old you are, no matter how pious you can, who, who's going to claim, right, anything to do with uh, anything, any similarity between us and Abu Hurairah anhu. Allahu Akbar. But that man, that great Sahabi, is saying that no, it's 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 a, it is dangerous game. You have to you have to be worried about what Shaitan may do to any one of us, and we got to be careful. So when you when our children and ourselves know this story well. Then Allah forbid if they get tested by people who seem to be righteous and pious on the outside, but then they backstab you or they uh, hurt you uh, or they do something which is an unacceptable, completely un-Islamic, please do not lose hope in Islam. From the very get-go, we're, none of us are ambassadors of Islam. We're trying to simply practice the deen. That's why uh, people say, you know, you hear statements like this. I'd rather do business with non-Muslims than Muslims. These type of statements are not good. Uh, you, you have, they are people, irreligious, non-God-fearing, horrible people on both sides of the aisle. What kind of statement is this? 
Instead of say, why don't you say that you want a person who is, who who follows principles? You want to you want you want to do business with a principled individual, regardless of faith. That's fine. The one who's got morals, ethics, and values, you want to you want to you want to you want to uh, do business with them. But sometimes, because you had a bad contractor for your house, who happened to be Muslim, or you had a bad mechanic who happened to be Muslim, who happened to be Muslim. That's all it is. Happened to be Muslim. Just like we say, the hijackers and the terrorists have hijacked our Islam. Right? We say that, do we not? Well, similarly, people who backstab you, they've hijacked Islam. They have hijacked Islam. They are not a representation of what true Islam is. And so that's why next time around, some scandal happens anywhere. Let's uh, tell our children, please do not make this a means of losing your faith. But rather, I told you from beforehand, anyone can fall. I can fall. You can fall. Just because someone, someone big person fell today, that doesn't mean you're not going to fall tomorrow. Or you, I won't fall. Any one of us can fall. We simply uh, should he, take heed and take a lesson from what we see. And then say, okay, I need to be protected from, I need to ensure that I don't fall into this type of deception. And that I don't do this type of horrible sin. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be. Because I've, we've had people who's actually said, oh, my faith has shaken to the core. I don't think I can be a Muslim anymore. Why? Because a sheikh has done X, Y, Z. I'm, I'm telling all of you right now, right? You have to train yourself. Anyone can do anything. We don't worship people. We don't worship people, man. We worship Allah. We follow the Prophet ﷺ. That's why these scholars have said in the past, uh, and the earliest of generations would, have say, would say, اِقْتَدُوا بِمَنْ قَدْمَاتِ that follow those who've already passed away. For indeed, the one who is alive, you never know when he can fall into fitna. You never know when he can fall into fitna. So don't idolize anyone. No, you know, we talked about in tafsir in this past week on uh, celebrity sheikh culture and how it's harming us. Well, remember this. Does any, there's no one should be a celebrity for us. We have even our asatita, our shuyukh, everything else. We go in. I remember when I went to start khidmah of my ustad, and I offered myself to be, you know, in a service. And then they said, okay, we'll, 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 we'll interview you and this and that. Uh, and Hazrat Mufti Allah al I'm speaking about. Because his family is, you know, every year two, three students are chosen to be part of his team of his khidmah. Because he lives alone. So, I mean, I did istikhara too. I did salat al-hajjah. And one of the things I made dua, be honest, I'm telling all of you this. I said, ya Allah, I want to I serve my ustad. And I, I, I want to learn from him. And I truly believe him to be a, a great individual. But Ya Allah, whatever faults he may have, keep them away from me. I don't want to see any faults. And SubhanAllah, allow me to get corrected in his company. And this is such a beautiful dua that it, in reality, I, was, I spent four years you know, in and out of the house every day. Um, and I can and tell you, SubhanAllah, there was just really nothing, nothing I saw even once that felt like, okay, this was, I'm not sure about this. Or I don't feel, you know, I don't feel comfortable with. A person rather every single day brought me even more appreciation of a personality Allah, uh, you know, he has. And may Allah give him long life and health and allow us all to one day visit him and see him and one day host him here. Insha'Allah, with your du'as, hopefully one day that, that dream of mine and all of us will come true, that he'll be able to come visit us. But the idea is, anyone you're dealing with, this is how it should be. That any, no, one is, uh, no one is above nafs and shaitan. And, if, if, if they're mis- and go in with saying everyone is God, Mistakes. I have students sitting here. I'm, I'm filled with flaws. All of, all of your teachers will always be. Anywhere you go, we will be filled with flaws. The question is, uh, is, the, is the khair and the good more than the flaws? Because the flaw, as if you're a human being, you have to be flawed. You have to be flawed. It's not possible that you're a human being and not flawed. But what type of flaw is it? And that's the thing. So as a student too, if you, if, you're, if you say that, no, my teacher cannot have any mistake, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And then you're going to set yourself up for, for just feeling upset about something. No. You keep it open and alhamdulillah. And you should, we should ask students also make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That ya Allah keep the faults and the weaknesses of my asatidah away from me. And make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, grant all of uh, your teachers the ability to excel and improve and get rid of uh, any, any deficiencies that they may have in their life. That's the way we're supposed to make. Not to say if you see something wrong, you say, I am leaving the masjid. Right? So this is, subhanAllah, something that the Prophet ﷺ said. He, I was saying how after mentioning all the rights of a believer, he connected this with taqwa. And there could be many reasons for that. But this one reason I shared with you right now is that taqwa is hidden in the heart. And so you don't know who you're dealing with. Don't, don't uh, oppress anyone 
lest they may be the more, much more muttaqi than you. And also, uh, don't be fooled by someone's appearance because taqwa is not on the face, it's in the heart. And so, be careful when you're doing business or you're doing anything else. You have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows you the company of the muttaqin. So, I don't want to take too much longer, another few minutes. I want to share with you, this topic is very long actually. And it's something that um, I think we need to spend a lot of time speaking about. But let, let us move to a, one statement of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, which is beautiful, talking about not only not harming one another and hating one another, being jealous one another, right? These are all, but rather, okay, not just also uh, helping one another when called for, but genuinely being happy for any Muslim, for whatever good fortune they have. This is the sifa and an attribute of a believer. It's mentioned about Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu. He said three things. He said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the gist of what he said is that, that I am, I'm such an individual that I get happy when someone else is being blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so he said, I, he gave three examples. Three examples of where he feels happy regardless of what the pers- other person is, is going through, uh, or I should rather say, regardless of whether he has um, a share in that or not. So what are those three instances? He says, when I see a Muslim, um, his plantation, his garden, his land, is being irrigated or, or is, is, is enjoying rain, rain by, you know, even though I do not have any investment in that land, I don't own any of that crop, nor do I have any livestock in that, on that farm. But whenever I see rain clouds, and I can see that the rain is happening somewhere near, let's say, where he was in Medina, it makes me happy. Why? Because I know a farmer today, a landowner today, is so thankful that he's gotten rain for his farm. I've got no investment. I don't even know who owns that. But I can see rain cloud from a distance. I can see rain pouring down. He said, I get happy that today some landowner comes out of his house and is saying, Alhamdulillah, I was so worried about my crops, so worried about my plants, and now, mashallah, uh, my, 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 my plantation is getting rain. I actually thank Allah and I become happy when I see that rain. Even though I have no livestock on that farm. Number two. Whenever I hear of a just judge, a judge who is just and who will listen to the story of those who are coming in front of him with all honesty, tries to make a proper right decision, is that I make dua for that judge, I make dua for that case, even though I have no case in his court. I just simply want to make, I'm happy that there is a just judge. And I'm making dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows this just judge to meet good people and good people to meet him, meaning pe- that justice is met. That if someone is suffering, that he is able to get a day in court with this judge. Because this judge will ensure that those who are oppressed, they will, they will you know, have an opportunity to say avenge themselves. If, they are, if their money is a serp, their land is a serp, that they will be able to get it back. So I have, I have no share in the money being returned. No share in the land being returned. No share in, 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 the, uh, in this deal. But it doesn't make a difference. Some Muslim family is going to be happy today. Some uh, Muslim individual is going to be happy today. So I'm going to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this judge. And number three is... وَلَا عَرَفْتُ آيَةً مِنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ if there is any ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu uh, was a great mufassir. Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu was the greatest mufassir. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made lots of dua for his, for his knowledge of tafsir. Right? The greatest mufassir. Yet he says, that 
Whenever I come across a book of Allah, ayah of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I have this desire and wish that people should know about this Quranic verse as much as I do. I don't want to be the, necessarily have to be the most knowledgeable. Everyone, the knowledge I have, I wish everyone else has. Think about that. Who, who has that? Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Everyone wants to have the most of it. And of course, وَقُرَّبِ zidni ilma is there. We're supposed to ask Allah for more and more. But what we're, what, we're, what, what, I'm t- what we're learning from here is, He's like, Alhamdulillah, I'm enjoying so much knowledge. But I want others to also have this knowledge. I don't need to go rub it into people's faces that I know more than you. But rather, we're all on the same page. We're all, yani have, um, uh, uh, we're all students of knowledge. And I desire that you know as much as I do. Brothers, who has this type of, yani, well, you know, to be a well-wisher? This three things really sets the tone. To be such a well-wisher for one another. What did Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? Love for your brother, what you love for yourself. This is what was today's hadith was. Takun mu'mina, you'll be a believer. You love knowledge for yourself. You love rain over your farm and your grass. You love that if you ever have a court case or you ever have some issue, the arbitrator should be just. So then love this for your, for your friend. So you say your son and daughter is not getting married right now. You're looking for a spouse for them. But someone else's son or daughter got married. Be happy. Force yourself to be happy. Don't be grumpy. Don't say, oh, good for them. What about my daughter? This is not the time about your daughter and your son. This is the time to rejoice their achievement. This is the time to rejoice over their gift. Why are you bringing in your sad story now? This is, this is a problem why maybe things are not happening good in your life because you don't have a good clean heart. You don't have a good clean heart. When you look at someone else's blessings, you should rejoice and thank Allah. Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, I'm happy for him. And then Ya Allah, the way you blessed him, kindly bless me as well. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to be grumpy and angry. I can't even smile today. Because you are enjoying life. This is the problem with our community. That we, when we, not, only are we, uh, yani, maybe not, not only are we going through difficulty, but when we see someone who doesn't have that difficulty, we get even more angry and more sour. How come they don't suffer the way we're doing? How come their children came out right? My son is giving me a hard time. My daughter is giving me a hard time. While their son and daughter seem to be very dutiful. But I make shukr, thank Allah, and then say, Ya Allah, the way you bless them, bless me. This is a big sign of, our, of a good heart. That we rejoice over other people's blessings and hope that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also blesses in that same manner. We should not be so constricted in our heart that we cannot see success in other people's lives. This is not a good sign. This is hasad. This is jealousy. And this will destroy. You thought your life was bad? Just wait. If you keep on having tons and tons of hasad, you will definitely burn inside. As Rasulullah that hasad and jealousy will burn away through good deeds the way fire burns away through firewood. And he said, hasad is haliqah. Jealousy is haliqah. Means it shaves. Then he explained. I'm not saying it shaves your head. It shaves your good deeds. Jealousy shaves your good deeds. It doesn't shave your head, it shaves your good deeds. So this is, ask Allah protection from this horrible evil trait. Every single day. That Ya Allah save me from becoming a, a, a stingy person with, with your blessings. Not my blessing, with your blessings. That's a stinginess. Save me from jealousy. Save me from, from not being able to rejoice over other people's blessings. This is, this is where we stuck out. We're stuck on Alif Ba right now. Where are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be that anywhere in the world a Muslim is suffering, we stay awake at night making dua for them. How are we going to get there if we can't do this right now? Which is simply smile when you see other people having good day. Or you hear about it. When you hear, get a text message, WhatsApp message about someone's son's graduating from medical school or someone's son landing a good job or a daughter getting a good husband. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. This is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, grant me the same and better. Why not? That is exactly how a believer is supposed to be uh, leading his life. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept whatever khair and good we said and may he save us from making these words. May he save this knowledge to become a proof against us, but rather a proof for us on the day of judgment. There are many beautiful people. One local restaurant owner I spoke to yesterday, you know, mashallah, he inspired me so much. I asked him, such and such place you had served some food. What was that dish? Because I wanted to order it for another event. And he said, I have no idea. I said, no, just go check your orders. That day, I can even pick up the date for you. He said, what do you mean? Uh, I've deleted it. I said, why did you delete it? You must have written somewhere. He said, no, any order after I fulfill it, I delete it. I said, I don't understand. Like, who does that? Why would you delete it? 
He said, so that from very get-go when I take the order, I've already made the intention if this customer forgets to pay me or doesn't pay me, I've already forgiven him for the sake of Allah. And so I don't want to have even that order written there, lest I keep on remembering, oh, this person ordered six pans of biryani, four pans of chicken, and he still didn't pay for it. He said, I don't even know what I, what, who ordered what from me. As soon as the order is made, I delete the message. Allah, I said, brother, which, where did you come from? You know, seriously. I said, Aap, you know, where did you? He, he said, Masha, I'm a madrasa graduate. You know, I went from Madrasa Ashrafiya. He says, from back in India. And he said, that's, that's my well, where, spring, where I've, I've taken from. These are sifat and attributes and qualities I picked up as, as a child growing up. I was just so touched by that. I said, may Allah Azza make us like this, really, to have such a beautiful heart that, you know what, sometimes people forget. Maybe you don't have the means or you don't, whatever the case may be. Khalas, from the very get-go, I forgive you and Allah will. And what's a, what's a knee-jerk response? How does your business run? Brother, he's, he's got barakah. Barakah, that's so called. Barakah, barakah. We believe in barakah. It's not lip service. We have to genuinely believe in something called barakah. So in blessing. When you, when, you, when you have this relationship with each other, don't you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah? Of course it does. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Any questions? Before we do dhikr, inshallah. Do any of the brothers here have any questions? Okay. Uh, and then... And we will just to uh, mention what other programs we've got coming, inshallah. We have our Tafim program st- uh, starts at 10 a.m. Alhamdulillah, it's only been one week since the classes began. So classes are 10 to 1. Mufti Nu'man teaching today and Mulan Farhan Sharif teaching tomorrow. You have introduction to fiqh. You've got Sira in there. You've got uh, disease of the heart and the remedies. Imam Ghazali's book, al Arba'in Fi Usul al We have, alhamdulillah, six classes taught for, to men and women uh, online and on site. So... Um, Alhamdulillah, uh, Sunday there's still some seats available if, you are, if it works for you, please consider coming on 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Or even take one class on Sunday Additionally, Sunday school will be starting very soon in two weeks' time um, So uh, it, it would work well if you bring your children to the Sunday school here We take ages 6 to 16 Ages 6 to 16 And you can drop your children here in Sunday school And yourself as a mother or father Participate in the Tafim program And enjoy the suhbah and the companionship of the ulama For three hours a week and you will, inshallah, truly love that. It's not a bayan like this. It's actual class. You can ask questions and, you know, so forth. So spread the word for the Tafim program. Every single high school and college student out there, I encourage you, I encourage them to get enrolled. I encourage the parents. For the sake of the suhbah and the, and the companionship of, uh, of the masjid and the angels in the masjid, that you please push your children to attend the, the uh, weekend program. And additionally, we have the evening, 5 to 7 p.m. maktab, after school maktab class. Uh, there is a huge benefit in, in, in studying the Qur'an in the masjid. Again, the aspect of companionship and suhbah. Very important. All day they're coming in pub, from public school or even Islamic school, where the environment definitely is not like that of a madrasa. It's not. No one claimed it to be. So don't, don't expect that. So we need daily one hour detox for our children in the madrasa. So you have younger children, send them to the after school evening class for Quran and Islamic studies class, alhamdulillah, that takes place here, 5 to 7 p.m. Um, additionally, we'll have uh, our weekly programs at the Saturday morning, alhamdulillah, today we have, we have a breakfast as well. Um, now we're gonna, we started breakfast from today, so keep the, our host in your dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate their status, may Allah reward them, bless them, may Allah grant our host shifa from any spiritual, emotional, physical, mental illnesses, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them protection from any of these illnesses, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove their worry, may Allah azza wa jal uh, grant them his muhabba, his, his love, his ma'rifa, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them the highest levels of taqwa, the tawfiq to follow the sunnah of the Prophet in every aspect of their life, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put barakah in their resources and their wealth that he has given them and allow their family and their children to have mahabba for one another and whatever du'as they've asked us to make or are making themselves may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept each and every single one of them ameen ya rabbil alameen so there is a sign up sheet outside by the office if you would like to be a sponsor for one of the Fajr programs please write your name and your number over there and there's a method of payment there as well and you, can, you should not being a host for the team Fajr program is not about just simply paying for it but it's about inviting people your family and friends uh, men, women to uh, this program Tuesday nights is our tafsir from Maghrib to Aisha. We are on the third, we'll be starting the third section of Surah Al-Furqan, or third um, session on it. Second ruku'ah. 
And then we have Mufti Ibrahim Pandor, inshallah, the, uh, the Khadim and the senior Khalifa and the attendant of Mufti Mahmoud al-Hassan, rahimahumullah, of the Arun Dioband, who was a Mufti 50 years, teacher of Hadith for 50 years, passed away in the 90s. So his, uh, his senior uh, student and the one who served him for decades, inshallah, will be coming uh, in the next few weeks uh, here for one night. Um, uh, from South Africa ta'ala. so uh, please be prepared to spend that night that's going to be I think the September 17th weekend um, uh, on a Saturday night so uh, make sure we are here with our family to meet him and to sp- uh, spend some time in his company inshallah those of you who missed the curriculum night last night the recording will be available online um, so please go ahead it was very detailed from Asr till after Isha so about two and a half hours covered every aspect of the or major aspects of the Tanweer Takmil Tadris program the spiritual dimensions student life etc even if your children are not studying I highly encourage you uh, to, uh, to listen to that inshallah let's do the care for a few minutes Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallam لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, 
استغفر الله 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 الذين اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم تسلم وسلم وتبارك يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا احد وصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كوفا احد ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكن من الخاسرين اللهم يا حنان يا منان يا بديع السماوات والارض يا ذا الجلال والاكرام والعزة التي لا ترام اللهم أصلح لنا ديننا الذي هو عصوة أمرنا وأصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا وأصلح لنا آخرتنا التي فيها معادنا واجعل الحياة زيادة لنا في كل خير واجعل الموت راحة لنا من كل شر اللهم جنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم جنبنا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن اللهم يا حي قيوم إنا نسألك التقوى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم اجعل سديرتنا خير من علانيتنا واجعل علانيتنا صالحة اللهم يا حي قيوم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والف فسوق والعصيان وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان اللهم اجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم اجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم انا نعوذ برضاك من سخطك وبمعافاتك من عقوبتك اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اللهم انك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب اللهم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم ربنا لا تجعلنا فتنه للقوم الظالمين ونجي برحمتك من قوم الكافرين رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا ما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا وزدنا علما وعملا وزدنا علما وعملا oh Allah we ask you to accept this gathering oh Allah accept all those who participate in any way shape or form in this gathering we ask you ya Allah to grant them forgiveness replace their evil deeds with good deeds ya Allah make them amongst your chosen ones Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, to allow all of the rest of us, Ya Allah, to remain connected to the masjid, Ya Allah, to remain connected to the gatherings of deen and dhikr. Oh Allah, make us amongst those who get tawfiq to attend such gatherings on a regular basis. Make us amongst those, Ya Allah, who get a chance to practice on whatever good they hear. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan. Save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan. Save us from the deception of nafs and shaitan. Oh Allah, we ask you, do not allow us to succumb to the animosity-filled, Ya Allah, plots and plans of shaitan and nafs, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, please, Ya Allah, save us from the plots and plans of nafs and shaitan. Allahumina na'udhu bika min iblisa wa junudhi. Allahumina na'udhu bika min iblisa wa junudhi. Allahumina na'udhu bika min shari anfusina. Allahumina na'udhu bika min shari anfusina. Allahumina na'udhu bika min shari anfusina. Oh Allah, we ask you, we seek refuge in you from the evil of our nafs, Ya Allah. From the evil of our nafs, Ya Allah. From the evil of our, from our evil of our external shayateen, Ya Allah. From the evil of our qareen, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you, Allah, put muhabba and love within our families, between parents and children, between spouses. Oh Allah, between, Ya Allah, uh, members of the household. Oh Allah, we ask you, all those who are married, save their marriages. Retain, Ya Allah, strengthen their marriages. Oh Allah, do not allow shaitan and nafs to have a share in our marriages. Ya Allah, all of those across the globe, Ya Allah, in this country especially, whose marriages are, are in danger of falling apart, Ya Allah, whether they've been recently married or been pre or mid-married for a long time, Ya Allah, we ask you, Allah, do not allow the nafs and shaitan to come between us and our spouses. Oh Allah, do not allow our nafs and shaitan to come between us and our spouses. Oh Allah, please inspire us to treat our children and raise our children properly. Oh Allah, save us from oppressing them in any way, shape, or form. Oh Allah, allow us to customize the tarbiyah for each of our children the way that would work with them, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, allow us to learn this. Oh Allah, we are not able to make our own tarbiyah much less we can make tarbiyah of our children. Oh Allah, we ask you, make our tarbiyah and the tarbiyah of our kids, Ya Allah. Inspire us with the very best methods and the very best way of going about raising our children, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect all our boys and girls from the evils of high school, high school, public school, private school, Ya Allah, junior high school, college, Oh Allah, dorms, wherever they may be. Oh Allah, Oh Allah, we ask us as we ask you to grant us parents 
the ability to make the right decisions when it comes to the education of our children. And oh Allah, allow our children to be protected wherever they may be from all the fitan, Ya Allah. That is apparent and that is hidden. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, we ask you to protect the youth of the ummah from falling into sin, from falling into temptation, or from being confused about their deen. Oh Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to whatever uh, those son and sons and daughters of this ummah who are looking to get married, oh Allah, we ask you to facilitate it for them, facilitate it for them. Every single person who's trying to remain chaste, oh Allah, make it easier for them to remain chaste, make it easier for them to remain chaste, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, reward our host of today, Ya Allah, immensely for all the khair and barakah that they brought, all those who cooked early in the morning, Ya Allah, and late night they were cooking, O Allah, reward them fully, O Allah, O Allah for all those who brought the food, O Allah, all those who prepared the tea, O Allah, all those, Ya Allah, who paid for it O Allah, any way, shape, or form, anyone assisted this in the, in the breakfast, O Allah, we ask you to grant them the ajr of all of us who are listening to this program O Allah, grant them the ajr of the, of, of the efforts of, of, of all the musallis and the students, Ya O Allah, protect Darul Salam, the madrasa, the masjid, the seminary, the community center, O Allah, from all sorts of evil Hasad, Nadar, Sihar, Ayn, O Allah, from every sort, Ya Allah, internally, externally, Ya Allah, from every fitna, we ask you to protect this institution and all those who are affiliated with this institution, Ya Allah, we ask you to protect every single one of them, Ya Allah. Oh Allah, whatever khair and good the Prophet ﷺ had asked you of, grant us that khair and good. Whatever khair, whatever shar and evil the Prophet ﷺ sought refuge in you from, grant us refuge from all of that evil. Subhana Rabbi Rabbi Al-Izzat, Ya Masifun, wa Salamun Al-Mursaleen, Alhamdulillahi Rabbi Al-Alamin, Ameen. InshaAllah, perform Salat al-Ishraq 2 and 2 raka'ah. Allah will give us a reward of an accepted Hajj and Umrah and the needs of the day will be fulfilled and then we can head out for. I head to the side prayer hall here on your left hand side, inshallah, uh, for breakfast. Oh, yeah.